You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. They'll also characterize God as Jesus did, as being on the side of those who face oppression. They'll live and they'll work in solidarity with both God and marginalized communities as they choose a world that's marked by rehumanizing liberation instead of dehumanizing and objectifying oppression. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 238 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection between faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish Galilean prophet of the poor might have to offer us today in our work of survival, resistance, liberation, reparation, and transformation. Our title this week is As in the Days of Noah from the Q Scholarship. Our feature text is Sang's Gospel Q 17, 26 through 30. As it took place in the days of Noah, so will it be in the day of the Son of Humanity. For as in those days they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and took them all, so will it also be on the day the Son of Humanity is revealed. Our companion texts are Matthew 24, 37-39, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up until the day that Noah entered the ark, and then and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Luke 17, 26-30, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, being given in marriage, uh, up until the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. But the day, of Lot, but the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of man is revealed. I want to start out this week by sharing with you an experience I had last month. I spent three days in the Caribbean with a team of people who were providing hurricane relief and and getting Puerto Rican families back into their homes. And one of those three days, we worked in uh, La Perla in San Juan. And tourists are, are, are typically advised to avoid uh, La Perla or, or, or uh, what's in English that would be the Pearl, this district in, in old San Juan. And they, they refer to it as the, as the slums. And this is uh, online Wikipedia's description of La Perla. It's a historic shanty town astride the, the northern historic city wall of Old San Juan. It was established in late 19th century. Initially, the area was the site of a slaughterhouse because the law required them and the homes of former slaves and homeless white servants, as well as cemeteries, to be established away from the community center, and in this case, outside the city walls. Sometime after, some of the farmers and workers started living around the slaughterhouse and shortly established their houses there. Only three access points exist, one through the Santa Maria Magdalena cemetery, one on the east side, and one through a walkway right in the center of the northern wall. So far there in San Juan, hurricane relief uh, and, and recovery work, it, it's not been allowed to, to enter into this area. And, and that's primarily because 
capitalist invest investors, um, they want these inhabitants, the inhabitants of this area, they want them to give up and to, to, to move out so they can take over the area and, and build high rises and resorts there, which they can make more money, make more profit off of. So, so La Perla is the area that we actually then chose to assist. We entered La Perla through the entrance in the in the center of the of the northern wall, that central entrance. And when we got in there, we split into to three teams and and our our jobs that day were to reinstall three roofs to clean up flood damage and debris and uh, and to clean uh, uh, homes inside and out. And and we got three families back into their homes that day. It was an amazing experience with three roofs on three houses. Um, they were small houses. But uh, at the end of the day, there were tears being shed and hearts were full. And and, and I'll share pictures of, of, of what we did there in, in next week's news update. But, but even the, the point that I wanted, the reason I'm bringing this up this week is that even though we left with our hearts full and all of this joy of, of doing something really good that day, what I also walked away from La Perla with was a sense, as you looked around, a sense of how utterly dehumanizing that uh, poverty really is. And, and that leads us to, to what we're going to talk about this week, this dehumanizing oppression and the Jewish vision for a rehumanizing liberation. Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan's book, The First Christmas, it shares a little background on our phrase in this week's saying, the son of humanity. And the phrase comes from uh, revolutionary literature, the, the the Jewish revolution literature of Daniel 7, where the, the prophet's vision includes four fantastic creatures and and each is representing a historical uh, empire and and what uh Crossan and Borg write they say what what is at stake in Daniel is this the first four empires are inhuman beasts only the fifth and final empire is truly human. So we move away from this predatory um, um, beast imagery to a, a human uh, community. In Daniel 7, all the oppressive empires, they're represented as violent beasts. And, and, and then, then there comes, um, after them, a final kingdom that is is uh, it's it's human. It's it's initiated or inaugurated by um, uh, the son of humanity. So so let that register for just a moment. The last kingdom in in Daniel seven is human. And in Paulo Ferreira's book, uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, on page fifty nine, he writes, "The oppressors do not perceive their monopoly on having more." as a privilege which dehumanizes others and themselves. They cannot see that in the egoistic pursuit of having as a possessing class, they suffocate in their own possessions and no longer are. They merely have. For them, having more is an inalienable right, a right they acquired through their own effort, 
with their courage to take risks. If others do not have more, it is because they are incompetent and lazy, and worst of all, is their unjustifiable ingratitude towards the generous gestures of the dominant class. Precisely because they are ungrateful and envious, the oppressed are regarded as potential enemies who must be watched. It could not be otherwise. If the humanization of the oppressed signifies subversion, so also their freedom. Hence, the the necessity for constant control. And the more the oppressors control the oppressed, the more they change them into apparently inanimate things. This tendency of the oppressor consciousness to inanimate everything and everyone it encounters in its eagerness to possess unquestionably corresponds with the tendency to sadism. So Ferrer's point is simple. Oppression it dehumanizes, it objectifies. And, and as they, they, they call Jesus the, the son of humanity, um, the earliest community of Jesus' followers saw in his teaching a, a rehumanizing liberation. And they identified it with the rehumanization that they saw in Daniel 7. And, and Jesus, they saw Daniel, son of humanity, ending the violent oppression of all other empires. And, 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 and also this week in this week's saying, we see an element of surprise. The, the central point of this week's saying is that this rehumanizing liberation, it, it would include a, an element of surprise or unexpectedness for oppressors. Most scholars agree that, that both Matthew and Luke's Gospels, they used Mark as, a, as an outline for their own. They were editing it and adding to Mark's Gospel. But in Mark, our saying this week appears in a parallel passage about surprise. In Mark 13, 35, 37, at the same place in his Gospel, we find uh, this passage, therefore keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And we'll discuss what this, what it means to watch or to stay awake in, in just a moment. But what I want you to see first is there's a, this element of surprise uh, using the Noah narrative and the Lot narrative, whether it be Matthew or Luke. Um, there's this unexpectedness that 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 this saying tries to capture, and and what's unexpected is our, our the third thing I want to focus on this week. It's the great reversal of of economic injustice in both Matthew and Luke. The surprise that catches those presently benefited by the way our world is is structured is this great reversal of of economic injustice the, the tables are turned upside down and, and and for for his jewish readers matthew mentions those who are surprised in the Hebrew Noah story. Luke addresses non-Jewish Christians, and, and it includes the, the stories of both Noah and Lot. And the inclusion of Lot makes sense when we, we understand Sodom's great sin. Uh, remember, uh, it was not it, Sodom's great sin was economic. And, and, and Luke, out of all the Gospels, has the strongest economic justice theme. The, the, the Jewish prophetic tradition defines Sodom and Gomorrah's sin, again, as, as, as an economic exploitation of the poor. In Ezekiel 16, 49, it says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, 
unconcerned, and they did not help the poor and the needy. So both Noah and Lot's narratives, they're stories where where destruction comes unexpectedly. In the, in the Noah story, the surprise falls on the violent. In, in the Lot story, it falls unexpectedly on, on the rich or the, the exploitative uh, oppressors who, who lived at ease at the expense of, of the vulnerable. So, so Luke emphasizes not just the, the violence of the present structure that's surprised by uh, 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 the, the appearing of God's kingdom, but, but also the economic elements of, of oppression. And, and, and Luke's gospel begins, remember, it makes perfect sense with, with Mary's song, Luke 1, 52 through 53. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. So this week's saying, uh, I think is pretty clear. Those who, who create and benefit from a world like the one in La Perla, they'll not experience Jesus's gospel as good news. The, the announcement of, of the kingdom proclaims a radical reversal of, of exploitative comfort. And you can compare this with, with Luke 6, 24 through 26. We see this reversal in, in Luke's sermon on the plane, on the, on the plane there too. And their way of life is, is cast down while, while those who are, are presently just scratching out an existence and are fighting to survive injustice, uh, like the residents of La Perla, they're lifted up, they're liberated, they're restored, they're rehumanized. So our conclusion this week, the language of, of keeping watch, let's talk about that for just a moment before we, before we wrap things up. Um, f- for the arrival of this rehumanizing liberation, um, we're, we're, we're to be watching for this. And whether it be in Daniel's imagery or Jesus's teachings or the Jewish prophetic uh, pronouncements, all of them drew from the experiences of, of night watchmen who, who could not fall asleep. They had to, 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 to stay awake. And that's what the message of watch is. It's, it's to stay awake. In our world today, this wakefulness, it means possessing, I believe, a continuing awareness of, of the issues that are related to, to marginalized people and, and their struggle for justice. And it also requires an intersectional awareness of, of racial, gender, economic, LGBT, and other social forms of injustice. Jesus' followers who are, who are staying awake, will they'll also characterize God as Jesus did, as being on the side of of, of those who face oppression. They'll live and, and they'll work in solidarity with both God and marginalized communities as they choose a world that's marked by rehumanizing liberation instead of dehumanizing and objectifying oppression. So this week's saying, it warns against being on autopilot and just just going along with with the present status quo it, it tells us to to stay awake and keep working for change and i can't think of a better way to begin 2018 to begin this new year than with a call to to do just that to stay awake stay engaged as it took place in the days of noah so it will be in the days of the son of humanity for as in those days they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day noah entered the ark and the flood took them all away. So it will be on the day the Son of Humanity is revealed. Heart group application this week. 
as 2018 begins, I want you to make uh, three lists together as a group. We like lists around here, as you can tell. But number one, take some time to, to take inventory of 2017 and list the things that happened in 2017 as a group that, that, that you're thankful for, that you have gratitude for, that you're glad they happened. And then number two, I want you to then list um, things you wish had been different about 2017 things you wish hadn't happened, and discuss these together. How, how, how do the things on this list make you feel? Um, and, and what do they inspire you to do in 2018? And then number three, I want you to list three things. Just put three things on this list that you as a group would like to work on bringing into reality for 2018 and, and then make a plan uh, for doing that. And, and, and you can use the previous two lists for inspiration if you'd like, but, but once you make this third list, then, then, then get to work making those three things happen. And together, remember, we can. This is part of the faith component is believing that we can make a difference. Thanks for checking in with us this week. I hope this new year is, is off to a, a positive start for, for each of you. Keep looking up. Keep living in love. Uh, survival, resistance, liberation, reparation, and transformation. And, and, and keep following the example of Jesus and being a source of, of healing in our world today till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.